That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is a HeadGum Podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, halflings. I hated it's that. Me. I like, don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you hated it? I don't know. No, like it just like hit my ear wrong. I was like, no, this is the opposite. <laughs> this is not right. It's not correct. <laughs> Everyone just like we look at the retention for the episode, the, yeah. the, the immediate drop the analytics, and people. It's like people are gone within the first three seconds of the episode. And we're, what we're seeing here in the analytics, are like so many people crash their cars. Oh my god! No, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that actually doesn't happen. But anyway, yes. Hi, Jeremy. Yeah. He- hello, uh, hello, hello. It's me, uh, Jeremy Cobb. Uh, but Quinn Schulte calls me Bibbidi Cobbidi Boo. Oh my god! That's my favorite. That's it. That's my favorite. It's a very good one. I like that. Shout a lot. out to Quinn. Wow. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um. And uh, hi. Uh. My name is Olivia Kennedy, but you can call me Liv. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, and we're here, not just by ourselves. We're oh. here with a guest, oh. an exciting guest. Hello. Yes. Oh my goodness. Liv. We are joined oh. by stand-up comedian Ooh. and musician who's written a song for Sesame Street, no less. What? Member of the podcast's Rude Tales of Magic Ooh. and Oh, These, Those Stars of Space and my dad, <laughs> Tim Platt. <laughs> hello. Hello. Tim, welcome in. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Daddy Cobb. I'm tired. As soon as I was saying it, I was like, don't say it. I'll take and then it. Here we Oh, no. Okay. I'll it's, take it's it. Now. It's, it's been given, now. so I'll take it. <laughs> no. Daddy, I would never so ask nice for it, but here. it's been given. <laughs> I would never ask for it, and I barely tolerate it, but it's happening. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad God. to have you here, Daddy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I guess I, I did say I will take that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take the joke and burn it, because we all regret it. Um, Especially me. But Yes, welcome, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is very fun. I'm very excited. Yeah. Daddy, uh, <laughs> a lot of times we start these, these episodes uh, with a little segment that we call a lore drop, in which we tell a strange, fun, interesting, shocking fact about ourselves yeah. with absolutely zero context. Yeah. Mm. You do not, we are not allowed to ask questions. No We're not allowed to ask follow-up questions. You just give us a fact, and each of us will do this. We'll each yeah. give a fact about an event or something that we've done in our lives, and the other people just have to imagine. Uh, to quote Bane, you'll just have to imagine the fire. Um, <laughs> Every so- <laughs> time you bring this up, I, I think to myself, oh, didn't I mean to set aside some time to come up with some? Um, instead of just like, you know, fretting and biting my my lip in, in, in worry every single time. Um, yeah, cool. No, I'll go first. I've done a 180. I'll go first if you want. <laughs> <laughs> that was so abrupt. I know. <laughs> you started by ber- like complaining that you had forgotten and then you're like, well, here we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, unprompted, please. Sure, unless, away, unless Tim, you're like, I got something big. I unless. think I got it. I wouldn't call it big, Ooh. but I think I have okay. something. Okay, you know what? Guess, guess first, you're a guest. Would you like to go first? Yeah. I, have per- I have participated and in, and in some ways co-starred in a surprise fake wedding where the guests did not know it was fake. 
Whoa. Oh, that God. Damn it, Tim. Uh- <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, I think the 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 sign of a good one is when you desperately want to ask more about it. Yeah. <laughs> desperately, but you simply cannot. Oh, if I'm good. if I'm asked, I'll say more. But it's your it's your rules. No, we can't. If we I'm can't asked, ask. I'll say more. We can't ask. Okay. It's the rules. It's the, the rules, Liv. It's the rules. It's the rules. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know what? Yes, let's move on. I'll move on to mine. Uh, if you don't mind, Jeremy. Um, oh, please. I once won a poetry competition. Uh, with the pseudonym Puss in Boots. Okay. Yeah, that's I not- do have some follow-up questions that I won't ask. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Okay, I've done my job then because I was like, mm, that seems pretty cut and dry. Not, not really. Yeah, I've got a few. Yeah. I've got a few um, follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, let me think. I had one, and then I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's good enough. I <laughs> okay. um, I just said my Puss in Boots one, so you're fine. If I'm whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The very first, the very first date that I went on mm-hmm. was a, was essentially prompted by people, by other people, including people from other countries and took place with a person who was allegedly interested in me, <laughs> interested in me, but spent the entire time not talking to me at a Bible quizzing banquet. Bible quizzing? Bible quizzing. So quizzing. It was a Bible yes. quizzing banquet. Quizzing about yeah. the Bible, right. It was, yes, quizzing about the Bible. And a banquet, uh, no less. <laughs> it was at a Bible quizzing banquet. Yeah. I only asked them out because other people, including people from other countries, told me to do so. Uh, people I didn't know, I should specify. People I didn't know from other countries told me to do okay, so. Okay, because I'm imagining like a united nations of people who are trying to get you on a date, you know, like from different countries, just like the representative from Norway, the representative from, you know, like... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it felt like. Cool. Uh, and then this person who allegedly was interested in me barely, like, barely spoke to me for the entire time. So I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot. Mm. To- <laughs> yeah. You know what? Take it away, Tim. Uh, I just, the floor is yours. Uh, what what age were? You? Oh, I guess I can't, I can't ask that. I can't ask that. That's, but, that's I can't ask. Can't ask. Uh, it was before now. Okay, I'll say that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like and. I connect this to being like in high school, uh, but mm-hmm. even in college or even in my twenties, like the idea of people positioning crushes together yeah. with good intentions and with um, a desire for people to be happy ultimately, but also for like the feeling of we must connect. If there is like yeah. a suggestion of attraction, if there is like a verbal um, uh, affirmation that there may be attraction or interest, then we must do everything in our path to like <laughs> scorch earth policy, make way for these two people. Yeah. And it's yeah. very hard for that type of like, even the slightest nudge to get beyond the fact of being like, this wasn't the way that we would have done yeah. this. This it- is not natural. And also now I feel pressured. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to do the opposite of what he wants. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. stakes the stakes are too high. I think just go like it goes in. You're going in too hot. Yes, you yeah. know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. good dumping, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There's some satisfying dumps. Very good. That we just took. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, enough about enough about our dumps. <laughs> okay. Uh, on this show, every time we have a guest, we must ask you, what is your nerdy origin story? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> no follow up. <laughs> you know, I feel like I have a few answers to that question. You know, I mm-hmm. think like a lot of kids um, of my age, I think like the X-Men were really huge. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. X-Men mm-hmm. were really huge for me. Um, animated show? I think the animated show, the arcade game was what really sparked my imagination, I think. Oh, and then wow. the show obviously stoked the flame. And then when I got old enough to read, like I got the old Chris Claremont x-men comics Mm -hmm. and stuff and that like because those were so old and before my time that really created the idea of not only like a lineage which i think is sort of like kind of Mm -hmm. dorky to get into like the the eras of stuff um yeah the history of the x-men the storied Mm -hmm. history yes but then there's there's missing gaps and that is the thing you're like here's a character you have met on the show here's a character you've met in the comic here's Mm -hmm. the era of comic you're reading how do we do we what it, what do we know? How do we connect the dots? Yeah. Can we fill that in? Can we imagine a filled in thing? Do we want mm-hmm. to play pretend or do we want to like be scholarly and find it? You know, yeah. I, I think that 
was a big thing for me, not only in terms of like the, the, the scholarship of nerddom, which I think is a real yeah. thing, um, but, yeah. but also like the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the fuel for playing pretend, you know, I'm a freak. Mm. I'm a monster. I have a special power. <laughs> yeah, I misunderstood. I'm an outcast. I'm this and that. Like that's that's us. That I, I, it's it's weird that that's like a shared thing, isn't it? You know, like we're all just like, oh yeah, I was the the odd one out. I was mm -hmm. like, Ugh, you know, I was definitely yeah. like that. Maybe you know, maybe in a less like <laughs> a goofy way than I just did it, but like you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's definitely a common theme for sure. Yeah. I also think like do Greek myths also are in that things too yeah. like reading like the yeah. old because those were fed those were fed to kids I make it sound so yeah. lascivious <laughs> but you know shoveled into our gaping maws <laughs> kind of the you know those big illustrated books and like mm -hmm. similar thing oh there's some stories here there's connections there's eras there's levels there's like there's powers um, mm -hmm. there's tragedy there's drama yeah. there's comedy yes. um, mm -hmm. I think those two things are big are big for me personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's either Do Greek have... myth or or Egyptian. Uh, every everything Egypt, everything ancient Egypt, rather. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, Jeremy, you were saying something. Oh well, I wanted. I'll, I'll, I was going to say a different thing. I, I will first respond though to what you said, Liv. And one of the mm -hmm. more, most interesting things I found about studying mythology is, especially when it comes to Greek and Egyptian, is how the two of them, especially the Greeks, just mm -hmm. sort of folded the Egyptian pantheon into their own. Oh, uh, like there's yeah, it was. It's more common, I think, in the ancient world than it is now. But mm -hmm. people would like there's all these, all these instances of syncretism mm -hmm. is the term where you take a deity from another religion and you're like, yeah, that guy was actually this. This guy though uh, it's like the romans did it with the greeks as well where they're like yeah. well you say aries it's actually mars mm. uh and it's like it's just the same dude yeah, and you yeah. just and like the greeks would be like yeah and so the greeks would like look at uh the the egyptian pantheon and be like oh yeah those guys existed too but they're like they're sort of this is the relationship between these two pantheons and actually sort of kind of these guys oh. uh to sort of reconcile them interesting debunked love that thank you jeremy yeah <laughs> you see it uh arguably you see it in uh early judaism christianity too mm -hmm. uh where there are in the oldest in some of the oldest books of the bible there are references to like a lot of people interpret there's okay i'm gonna get real nerdy here for <laughs> keep a it up keep it up okay, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. in i believe it's in genesis there yeah it is in genesis there's a reference to the sons of god never really specified never really clarified uh being attracted to human women and having children with them and these people Zeus. were <laughs> yes, they had. Well, they they were people. They the child the resulting children were people of great stature who are described yeah. as the heroes of old. Mm -hmm. And I believe in the in the book of Enoch, it specifically references Gilgamesh as one Shit. of them. They're okay. they're known as the Nephilim. Uh, if you've ever heard yeah. of David and Goliath, mm -hmm. Goliath was in universe described as a potential descendant of the Nephilim. Oh, um, but okay. th there are some scholars who believe that the Nephilim were an attempt to reconcile figures like Heracles mm -hmm. and Perseus and and other like ancient well, and Gilgamesh uh, mm -hmm. into the mythology that was like the, the bird because it was, you know, the birth of Judaism as a religion. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like, oh, yeah, those guys existed, but they're lesser. And here's <laughs> the real one that like it's uh, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And of course, and this is, this is what, do you think of. No, go ahead, Tim. I was just going to ask it if you had any opinions on it. <laughs> oh, I was going to bring up Noah with the power to be very old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite X-Man. You know, I don't, I don't have a super... Uh, first of all, I love the Bible. Very interested in the Bible. Very interested mm -hmm. in, uh, uh, in scripture and that stuff. I don't have, like, the biggest knowledge of where... That's how, that sort of myth-making, quote-unquote, was made at that yeah. time. You know, I feel like there is... Uh, uh, there are all the idea of the Bible existing at all means cutting off so many lines, so many yeah. lines of myth making and so many lines of history uh, that like, you know, I feel like I have a hard time distinguishing some of the sort of classic classic, some of the classic <laughs> like um, makings of the biblical scriptures and like, oh, is this a reference from like a Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> book or something like that? <laughs> you know, it all gets wrapped into one. It does. Yeah, because a lot of great writers have like referenced that stuff and play with that myth. And, and then I was like, oh, that was actually completely based on a real thing I didn't know about, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of layers for sure. But yeah, because yeah. I think part of that is, what you're saying is a justification of like, why were these 
figure why was Noah so old? How was Abraham get to be so old? And some people, oh, well, it's actually many people of that generation. So, like, no, they were just a different time back then, and they could, they could <laughs> live long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Adam was supposed to live, like, 900 and... I think it's 960 or something. Okay. Like, and then... Uh, uh, the oldest one is Methuselah. I forget how old he got, but he was over 900 as well. Can I tell you my favorite Bible story? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Please. Hit us with it. Okay, New Testament. Luke, I think. I think Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, this is pa- a story paired with the... Uh, um, with a vision from to Mary before she's mm-hmm. pregnant. Um, and it is the... Uh, there is a husband and wife and uh the wife is actually i think mary's sister or cousin or something like that and they are uh and they go to the father zachariah they say uh no an angel an angel oh so okay here we go wife <laughs> this is this is mary's cousin yeah can't, okay there we go can't have kids can't have kids uh goes to uh or hasn't had kids uh angel comes to zachariah michael uh gabriel anyways comes to zachariah says zachariah you're gonna have a son his name's gonna be john and he's gonna prepare the way of the Lord, John the Baptist, right? Um, ah, and Zachariah yeah. goes, "Oh my God, angel! Like how? The, oh my goodness, angel! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. How do I know this is real? How do I know you're not a demon? Which is a pretty reasonable question, I think." And the mm-hmm. angel mm-hmm. goes, "Because you did not believe me, you will be you will be stripped silent until what I come to say is true." So he's stripped silent. He cannot speak. Zachariah cannot speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, his wife has mm-hmm. not had a child before. She's pregnant. Still can't speak. Um, the baby is born. Still can't speak. And my wife goes, you know what? How about we name him John? And suddenly he can speak. <laughs> so it's like, so what, it's, you, it's not that you don't believe that your wife will have a child. It's that you don't believe his name will be John. And then... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well played, Angel. I see what you did there, kind of. Okay. <laughs> I love the idea of the angel, like, leading in with the troll face. Uh, as yeah, soon as that happens, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, looking what at John, or looking at Zacharias, like... <laughs> <laughs> and then disappearing. <laughs> Bye, Beach. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. really interesting. She's pregnant. Half of his head is in the window. The baby is born. The other half is is through the window. <laughs> it's named John. He's in. He's in. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's there's a fun story as well because Mary and uh, can't remember the cousin's name now. Mary and her cousin were pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. But the cousin got pregnant first, mm-hmm. and Mary goes to visit, and she's like, "Hey, I'm pregnant." And the Bible, I forget which gospel it is, but the Bible says that in like fetus John jumps. <laughs> in her womb with joy upon hearing uh, that John, the Messiah no. was going to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and John's like, yeah! Like, John got so, the baby got so excited uh, at hearing this oh. news that he literally jumped for joy. Because, like, John the Baptist... your lungs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's how she died. Um, <laughs> that's the, the whole point of, like, the... Uh, the whole point of John's existence was to like pave the way for Jesus. Mm. That's like his entire ministry was him being like, Hey, the, the Messiah's here. He's got to be mm. here. Hey. And so, yeah, he's like, Oh good. I'm employed. That was, that was <laughs> nice. Uh, honestly, I'd love to like walk out the womb and be like, cool. Oh, all good. I'm going to be employed. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other question I was going to ask you, Tim, go for yes. it. Do you have a favorite X-Men? I just realized that we are now talking about just biblical stuff. I, I mean, I that's really the nerdy thing, though. Both of you, you seem to be to nerd out on it. Yeah, so we can nerd out on that. I, uh, uh, um, I mean, I'm down to just to be clear. Uh, we we can go talk about the X Men. We may come back. <laughs> we we may be <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Nightcrawler was the guy who really got me as a kid, you know. Mm. And still, still, I'm stuck with mm-hmm. it. Um, and I, you know, I think. I got really into reading the comics in high school. I read uh, the Grant Morrison run was really big for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then sort of filling in the gaps between that and Claremont. And then, you know, in college and afterwards, I just like did not have the patience or money um, or interest of keep on following. So I'd pick up here and there, but not really following Mm -hmm. too deeply. And then in this recent Krakoa era, which I don't know if you all read, but this sort of uh, the the past few years has been a sort of rebirth of really cool X-Men comics with a bunch of really, really cool writers that I got into for a few years. And then once again, I am like, it's too much. I'm out. But I think Nightcrawler is going to be my guy. I think I yeah. have to say. Yeah. He seems to be a, 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 like, a big fan favorite, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sure. I wish I could be cooler. Um, <laughs> I wish I could be cooler. 
I, I, I wish <laughs> I could be cooler. I just want to talk about Zachariah, father of John the Baptist, a little more. But I wish I could be cooler. <laughs> the ep- the opening of the opening of X Men Two is still, I would say, a top ten, if not top five, superhero action scene, as far as I'm concerned. I was, I would like, agree. And, yeah, Nightcrawler is incredible. He's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's. I mean, I assume this is a scene where Nightcrawler is bamfing around and like taking out a bunch of guards and stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah when he attacks the White House. Yeah. It's yeah, great. yeah. Yeah. I thought it was White House, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Das, do you mind if we talk a little bit about um, about your show, yes. Kim? I'm very excited to chat to you about it. Um, I wondered how um, Rue Tales of Magic uh, just started, how it began, how you all met the, all of the cast. Just tell us a bit about it, if you wouldn't mind. Of course. I Thank you for asking. I am happy to talk of about course. Rude Tales of Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rude uh, Tales of Magic, you say? Of magic. <laughs> Yes, mm. of, uh, you know, spells, little f- oh. uh, phantasms of uh, the, uh, Fancy, uh, of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I, I was trying to be glib about magic and then realized that's actually quite a, a big bite of what, how to be glib about magic. Anyways, mm. um, <laughs> 2019, we started, um, and it is a, the cast is of Branson Reese, myself, Joe Lepore, Christopher Hastings, Ali Fisher, and Carly Minardo. Um, and they, without me, had a a D and D home game that they were playing. Um, uh, that, and then that group started a, a new home game with Branson DMing. Um, and Branson is my very good friend and invited me to join them. I had never played D and D before, so I was sort of stepping into a world that I didn't really know. Um, and I didn't really learn about, to be perfectly honest. Branson was like, yeah. there's a lot of rules, but just like, I'll help you out and don't worry about it. Um, which I appreciated. Love that. Uh, yeah. And then at the time, uh, and that we did a few sessions of that and then joined fortunate horse to make that into a podcast. And that was about 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so through 2019 through today, we have been making this show. And in fact, we just ended our first campaign that started in 2019. Uh, wow. uh, actually the first episode of, we ended it, like three weeks ago, our first new episode of this next campaign came out yesterday. Um, uh, and then now we are now living with Fortunate Horse. We are, we self-produce uh, with, mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Bucket of Milk is our production company. Uh, and we are also with HeadGum. So mm-hmm. we started 2019, have been making work throughout the pandemic. We used to meet in person mm-hmm. and then we pandemic happened. We had to deal with all that stuff that you've all had to deal with too. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, we like to think about it as sort of, um, uh, a Looney Tunes universe, uh, you know, not in sort of like a Space Jam way, but in terms of our attitude towards play, you know, like we are, we are, we are rules light, you know, <laughs> uh, 
uh, some would say devoid of rules. I would not say that. Uh, but we are, <laughs> we are rules light, and we both like to, um, all of us really um, have different relationship with how well we know the rules. And so coming together, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, like a lot of people, we we like to follow character. We like to follow play. We like to follow our improv instincts, which is where everyone met through doing improv. Um, and we like... Uh, we like the cartoony, you know, we like the cartoony. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, where does the cartoony and character meet? And character is going to do whatever you want it to do, I think, um, uh, in terms of like drama and acting and performance. And cartoony is an inclination for, you know, comedy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and sort of rule breaking in the sense that if you watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon, like there are no rules. The physical rule, there seems to be there are physical rules, but they are not consistent and they are based on what is fun. And it's fun when Elmer mm-hmm. Fudd gets fucked with, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, we've been doing this since, since 2019 and we've really, I love what we do. I love what we do. <laughs> Does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great that you love what you do. Absolutely. Do you find rather that um, that the rules light approach also allows for more flexible world building? Like stylistically, mm-hmm. are you all is because I know that there are a lot of uh, comedy D and D podcasts yes. and so on and so forth. I'm curious what about like the world? Uh, what what about the setting? I guess in particular that mm-hmm. y'all are playing in is is I guess unique for your show. That's a, and does that is that affected by the way that you engage with the rules as well? That's a great question. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. So Branson created the world of Cordelia, and basically the the idea is that it is a first draft of a world that was then discarded to make the world that we live in today. <laughs> you know, so That's or nice. maybe many there were many drafts in between, but this was a first draft. This world in and of itself is a is a first draft, um, mm. which is a a great justification for anything that's inconsistent, but yeah, also a great freedom for all of us to be like we are all totally empowered to world build within there, you know, and to mm. do it uh, planned, you know, to really talk and collaborate about what we want things to be um, that can be really individualistic because this is a first draft. So we can sort of play with our individual voices and how it interacts with Branson's. Um, And also just like, it is a, I guess it's a justification for leeway and freedom. (laughs) I really think Mm. in terms Mm. of being like, we get whatever feels fun. We can find a way to make it connect to the other things. So I think, um, and obviously rules interact with that. um, But I just do think you know, are we going to collect items to do a spell? Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that, does that tell us, does that, is that in line with our storytelling <laughs> instincts? Yeah. No, right. you know, um, mm-hmm. maybe in a different world it would be, but in this one, we like that things can be. Um, and also I think part of it, when I say this is that I, f- I feel like sometimes when we say we're rules light, it, it acts like there's not consequences and we're just saying mm. yes to each other. We are all very comfortable saying no to each other. And if we make a mistake in some ways, that be like, yeah. well, there, there must be a consequence for that decision being made. Let's play with it. We are all empowered to create, but also empowered to roll with it. You know, I think, yeah. that's a, I think that's a really important part. If you are going for a more rules light thing, I think you have to be really comfortable with failure uh, mm-hmm. and really inspired by failure i think because that yeah, that all would. that all builds in the gap of character and world building and i also think i should say that branson does a lot of work running games for kids and so i think oh. there is a rules light aspect to it which is in the style of our improvisational play but there's also mm-hmm. rules light aspect to it which is like what works for like the youngest people who are most who just want to play, you know, like, yeah. and so I think he has developed a lot of systems and instincts that are about like, what's sort of the pure juice here of, uh, um, mm-hmm. of what makes us keep coming and what makes us keep doing stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. the right type of, you need to do this to do this and you need to do this to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just keep things flowing. Kind yes. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you mind if I ask? Uh, so you've mentioned like a lot of comedy aspects to the show. Uh, it, does it get kind of like uh, grittier at all, or like or like drama filled, or is it is it just like good times? Let's just, let's go. Oh no, there's oh there's drama. Oh there's okay, drama. Okay. <laughs> we, there's an old like uh, I don't know how old it is, but isn't this a? It's almost a meme now, right? That you start mm-hmm. uh, if you start a D&D game or any sort of TTRPG game, gritty it becomes a comedy. If you start yeah. a comedy, mm-hmm. it becomes Grit, you know, becomes gritty and impactful, and that's yeah. the same with anything yeah. else. You can't, you can't play character if you take character seriously. You can't play character and relationship for 
more than, you know, five hours before you have to lean into yeah. the reality of how much people are connected to each other and how much status mm -hmm. can shift with each other. And status, and for me, status, status shift, and character are all great tools for comedy, but the, the more you play it for comedy, the more real things are established, which if you're taking character yeah. seriously, you then feel. And so real things happen. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the dramatic moments in our show, um, as yes. I am of the comedy moments. Yeah, I definitely mm. prefer like starting off um, as a comedy and then sprinkling a little bit of the drama in because like, as you say, I, th I think it gives a, your character like the room to grow without kind of like feeling like oh I should be doing this I should be doing that like you're really able to kind of like fill out your character without that pressure on oh yeah I think that's great I also think there's moments where like even if you're playing full like full comedy there there has to be a moment where someone says something where you're like I think that hurts my character's feelings <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. like I think that episode of is sort of inevitable where you're like or like a character fails at something you're like well the consequence is is that I feel bad about it yeah, that stuff build. I think that stuff is always a discovery. You're like, oh, I didn't realize. It's always I, 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 there were a few moments in the last character I played where someone would say something and do something. I'm like, I don't know how else to say this. You hurt his feelings. I'm oh. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm as surprised by it as you are, and it tells me something. If this is what it, if this is where I'm at, then okay. So now I actually know something a little bit more about this. Oh, that sort of justifies some of the silliness before because it was sort of in reaction to this thing here. Or you're like, oh, well, that hurt my feelings and also the character's feelings. And now there's a, that extra line of connection and care, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, I agree completely that the... I think trying to play these characters emotionally, honestly, it even if you're doing silly stuff. Oh yeah. Even if like the 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 you're trying to like get like a fork so somebody can eat cake, and you know <laughs> they, you have you got a big birthday cake, but the the chat the problem is oh we didn't bring any silverware and we don't want to eat it with our hands, and the person <laughs> and maybe the person's like a real proper type who's like oh we can't eat it with our hands, so you're now on a heist to go get a fork, and somebody completely whiffs the roll to get the fork, <laughs> and like the birthday person might genuinely be upset. Yeah. Like I, Jerry, I this now is why you're our DM, this... by the way. You just made a little world. You made a story right there. <laughs> wow. Or even, uh, or... Liv, please uh, roll sleight of hand to get that fork. <laughs> <real quick. laughs> but or even something like you know, you get to the end and then you know you the rolls failed. You didn't get the cake, mm. and just being like, I didn't eat dinner for this. Like I didn't yeah. eat yeah. dinner because I thought we were gonna have so much cake. Now I now I'm hungry. I'm sad and hungry now. I said that yeah. like it was the most emotional thing in the world. No, I now was there with you. I was I'm like, hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm sad. Like, who, the person who made the cake is now upset because they're like, well, now nobody's eating the cake yeah. that I made. I didn't sell and the cake. I I sell cake. I made this cake for mm. you. I will have sold the cake. That means something to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any idea how much thought I put into this cake? Yes. And nobody's gonna eat it. <laughs> So upsetting. <laughs> PvP erupts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have brought a fork as you're like pounding the, 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 the your battle axes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love a comedy approach to things. And um, yeah, I can't wait to find out how this fork story unveils. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so. mm. stay tuned for the next 3BHAP uh, <laughs> quest for the fork. Um, we're not out of ideas what are you talking about <laughs> honestly there's a lot I'm already seeing a lot here you know like the idea yeah. of we're trying to get a cake there's so many threads I can think of how is the frosting made what's the inside stuff All it's, there's a story this one's got a jelly fill we need the right utensils yeah. oh which utensils yeah. oh candles we don't know how many candles they don't want they don't want to know they don't want you to know how many candles no, you know, exactly. like there's there's a if, a cake is there's like a nice. special spell that you can do that will reflect a different number of candles mm -hmm. for each person to mm -hmm. obscure yeah I like you. this could be a whole quest to get the various ingredients to make this cake you know, like this could be a multi-episode multi multi-session uh, arc I want to be on for sure. record for this every cake yeah. tells a story yeah <laughs> you're so right you're so right <laughs> i love chatting with artists <laughs> thank you so much absolutely. yeah every yeah, cake tells a yeah, story yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh what story does your cake tell here Liv? what's what story are we seeing here <laughs> oh my god what the, what question do we put on the spot for <laughs> my cake uh it's a very round cake um uh very juicy cake um, I get a lot of compliments for the cake. 
Um, uh, it's a, it's a butt is what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Oh, I see. So you want us to eat? You want no, us to eat ass? No, so, no. That, <laughs> could you please get, just go eat ass, please, please? <laughs> I'm gonna ask you another question too. Hey, uh, <laughs> how do you find <laughs> like so? You when you started like was that your like actually making the podcast? That was your first foray into like RPG play, or was it like also home game stuff? Um mostly it was the first i mean like when i was in high okay. school i did some vampire the masquerade with some friends okay. um and then i did a lot of uh you know improv comedy in college which mm. really was um probably my in my opinion you know my first foray into that stuff because we did a lot of yeah. you know uh <laughs> We tried. We took yes, character really seriously. We liked to do the yeah. sort of like plays, what no one could see, and we were in character the whole time. You know, mm -hmm. like um, it wasn't LARPing because there wasn't a system, but it was LARPing. Mm -hmm. Like it was definitely mm -hmm. LARPing, yeah. except we were improvising a story and that stuff, like improvised plays. Oh you no, know? the um, the improv slash like uh, musical theater kid slash actor kid funnel to D and D and to RPGs is real. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> and I do consider that stuff sure. like the, in that same vein. Um, and part of the reason, and part of the reason I think I never explored RPGs really is because I feel like I got my fix from that. And so, um, when I moved to New York, I was doing a lot of improv and children's theater and experimental theater and, um, and then stand up, uh, uh, which is sort of the thing I like most. Um, but I didn't really have, but I loved play and I loved character. Mm -hmm. I loved being in character. I loved improvisation that was character based um mm -hmm. and long form you know um and there at least in new york there wasn't a lot of spaces where that really could happen it's, you know not mm -hmm. that you know there's a lot of long form improv but there were four you know, a lot of heralds a lot of sort of like let's improvise sketches and connect those sketches in a way that's really cool but uh much less and there were some improvised plays for sure but the, uh, there was like less of that stuff than i think was to my taste and so when mm. Branson asked me to do join this game, he pitched it to me. He's like, well, I just want your instincts as a, you know, as a performer and as a, you know, an improv because you like that shit, you know? Yeah. So uh, I hadn't really done it until we started playing the home game. And then it pretty quickly came on mic, which was mm. great for me because I mm. could lean into that stuff even more. You know, the idea of the audience being there was like very fun. Um, I had done a podcast before that was all character based. So I felt like I had like already felt like I got comfortable with that in some ways. Um, and then we do, we do different games as well, you know. Oh, These Those Stars of Space is a lasers and feelings uh, um, sort cool. of I was ask about thing. That, yeah. um, and then we've done a bunch of uh, different, different indie games as well uh, that have like mm -hmm. sort of opened me up to gaming as a great space for improvisational play and improvisational storytelling in a way that I used to think was just capital I improv comedy and being like, oh no, actually, though it definitely exists there, I love it there. Um, mm -hmm. There's a much more democratized version of that in gameplay, which I think, mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't realize before. And I will admit like, uh, I won't say, I won't say I became a convert, but like I, <laughs> I was slowly like, oh, this is, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is, yeah, this is like cool. Realized. Oh, yeah. this, it, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so like um, you mentioned, like, you know, when you actually got on mic, you ha you were mindful of like the audience that was like going to be listening to you. Like, was there like um, were there any key differences between like the home game and, you know, thinking to yourself, OK, this is a show now, like anything that sticks out? Um, You know, frankly, for me, no. You know, I okay. want to play. I want to get laughs. I want to, you know, I want to become somebody else. I want to do that whatever I can, however I can. Uh, you know, Mood, yes. obviously you want to be courteous, you have to be courteous and you have to share. Um, and obviously you're telling a story together and not just you. Um, but for me, it felt pretty much like, okay, we're playing. Okay, we're playing, you know. Um, uh, being aware that an audience would react later is something... I don't know if you all feel this way, but doing these podcasts, especially Rue Tales, has been like the most attention I have ever gotten in any medium I've worked in, and the, certainly the most online attention I've ever gotten. And that mm. becoming a thing that you actually see feedback about is mm. um, is complex, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
is yeah. complex. So I don't think it changed my approach to play, but it certainly became like a new, a new air I had to, a new atmosphere I had to be comfortable with. Where it's like, oh, this thing really was heard. This thing really was heard, you know. I was yeah. really heard here, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's very validating. I like even now. I like never ex like when somebody is like, "Oh yeah, I know you from this thing." I'm like, "What liar?" Like mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a surreal feeling, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's it it is also it's very nice. So yeah, no, if you if you if you see any of us in public, be, you can be nice and be, and say hi. I would, you know, that's great if you want mm -hmm. to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think another interesting thing to to look at with, with like private versus public is you all had, you and your friends have a specific dynamic that mm -hmm. works among you. Yes. And then as soon as you introduce other people into that dynamic by mm -hmm. having them having an audience there, now they lack all of the existing context of that relationship and mm -hmm. they're just looking at what is happening uh and bringing their own biases and, and expectations to it. And mm -hmm. I think that that can be really cool in some ways because it brings out stuff mm -hmm. that you, maybe you were not as aware of and it can also be uh less cool because maybe people will read in stuff that really isn't mm -hmm. there. I remember there's an episode of Dimension 20 where uh, there's been several episodes of Dimension 20 where the mm -hmm. fan I I looked at I remember looking at the subreddit and people were getting really upset at the players oh. and oh. the DM saying like what? this player was so <laughs> uncomfortable and this that and the other and i was like i was sitting there like i don't know i mean they they oh. kind of it was um i think the one in particular that i remember this being about was because i think i saw it several times but one okay. one particular instance was in uh the seven there was okay. an epic there was like a joke about um there was a footman and mm -hmm. I think one of the characters then, like one of the, basically one of the players then leaned into the idea of him being a footman and was mm -hmm. like, what if he's like into feet? <laughs> sure. And I guess there was like an a ongoing reaction. Yeah. Yes. And, and one of the other players was really just does not like feet. I guess mm. just is grossed out by the idea of them. Uh, they don't look down, I guess. Uh, but they, they're grossed out by the idea of feet. And, and there was like this really funny uh, like scene where this PC is trying to seduce an NPC mm. by showing him her feet. Oh, and, no. and the DM is like playing along with it. And it's like this really funny, awkward scene. And mm. one of the other players is like, oh my God, can we please stop talking about feet? Oh. But it, it doesn't, I don't know, watching it to me i didn't come off i didn't come away from being like that player was put in an unfair and unsafe mm. position and then mm. like and that they they i they needed to apologize afterwards mm. and i hope i you know frankly i think they should have edited it out like i, mm -hmm. I to me it's like uh i i, I don't yeah. it feels like people were bringing a lot of stuff to this relationship mm. which this interaction was happening between people who really like who know each other mm -hmm. and love yeah. each other uh and so lines that and veils and stuff and, and yeah discuss you know in the aftermath of episodes i would assume you know yeah i don't i don't have a problem with somebody saying oh that scene made me uncomfortable because it felt like sure that person was uncomfortable but some people absolutely took it and ran with it and were mm -hmm. like it, these people were out of line they should have stopped and it was like i i don't think i think if you said this to anyone who was in that room they would disagree with you mm. i think it's a really yeah. interesting aspect of this new to me and i think new in general world of you know gameplay as entertainment you know, um, gameplay mm -hmm. as media piece, um, because I think, you know, what we do is so social. It is based on social dynamics and social behaviors and social agreements. Um, and and once we have a mic and once we have a screen, there is a performative thing that comes out of it. And the idea mm -hmm. of being and that is all very blurry, especially when there's idea of like you are you at the table and then you are voicing and sometimes embodying the character. And that split yeah. back and forth is really quite complex, you know, and I mm -hmm. think it makes sense because I know for, I've been in a position where I feel like I'll see somebody say something about me, I'll say, based on a thing. I'm like, that's so not what that is so sometimes it's like, oh, that feels like it feels like you erased my agency or erased my mm -hmm. ability to choose what I'm doing on here or being like, I don't think you see that I'm performing, you know, um, yeah. or, you know, I feel like, oh, you that's not I see what you're saying, but that's not a problem to me, you know, and I think that yeah. Yeah. you invite people into uh, not only observing a whole mess of so of different like f <laughs> different um, 
a whole mess of different social behaviors and social instincts and social performances, but you also ask them to compare it to themselves and the way they are doing it in their home games often, if people are doing it themselves at all. So I do think like that becomes, I think that becomes really complex. And I've, I've been on both sides of that, I think. And it is sort of, you know, at some, and even the idea of being like, Sometimes some of my favorite performances I've ever seen are something where I, in the audience, I'm not laughing. I'm going, no, like, yeah. oh, God, yeah. no, don't, do, you know, like, sure. and that mm. is real. I'm saying no. I hate, quote unquote, what I'm seeing. And also it's a performance. I'm being blown away by what I'm seeing on stage. And so I, the only thing I can say to it is no, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that is like, you know. When it's just uh, through that, through all these other mechanisms, oh, no, not feet, you know, that's me <laughs> yeah. saying, oh, no, I hate this. That's also me saying, for those of you in the audience who also hate the foot thing, see, there's also a lens within I our media piece mm-hmm. where that has a voice as mm-hmm. well, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do that. It's, it's, like, it's like straight manning, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Did you really just say that? I think that's weird. Mm-hmm. So you, an audience, we know it's weird. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it really is. Everyone is sieved in a way. Yeah. <laughs> those who love and feed and those who hate feet. We're all, we're all sieved, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate your support. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's the foot fan dichotomy. Mm. That's, that's what we should call yeah. it. Um <laughs> Tim, uh, this has been a wild time. Yes. We, Are we done? We, oh, well. uh, we're not quite, we're not quite <laughs> okay, done. Okay. Uh, quite. I wanted to ask you, sure. Tim. Uh, we always ask every, every guest who joins us for a, a tale from a table. Uh, a tale from a, a, a story that you at a table that you've experienced, whether it's epic, whether it's uh, hilarious, whether it's sad, whether it's disturbing and shocking, uh, <laughs> whatnot, uh, the whole range. Like, give us give us your give us a great story. And it can either be for a public or private game. It could even be from uh, either Oh, these uh, oh, these stars of space or Rue Tales of Magic, for example. <laughs> Please, what give us a tale. A tale. And, and, and so, yeah. just to be clear, you are asking for, like, a story of being at the table, not necessarily a story, yeah. like, that from, from the... No, it can be a story from the table, be, like... It can be anything. Yeah, it, it can be uh, something, really. To yeah. With playing an RPG, yeah. Yeah. Um, hold up, give me a second. Hold yeah, me of course. Like, While you're mine... thinking... Oh, go ahead, Liv. I was just gonna say, mine when I have like referenced them have usually been like stuff to do with my character. I haven't like I think maybe it's because I haven't been physically at a table in so long, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Um, but like back back in the good in the good old days, I can't believe I said that. But like yeah, no, I um there was there were definitely funny stories. It just it just it, my character because I'm obviously I'm I'm in the role every t- every time I'm at the table. Yeah. So <laughs> so that always sticks out to me. Personally. I got a story while you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If y'all want to hear it. Um, this is a fairly recent one. Uh, I was running a game of Paradox Perfect for some folks and there, which is a time travel TTRPG. Tim, I actually think you would like this game a lot. Uh, it's all, it's a really zany, weird, silly time travel TTRPG where Mm -hmm. you create characters and a world based on like Mad Libs, uh, that are part of like a past and a future template uh and then you go on absolutely insane adventures to try and either preserve the time stream or make sure that it changes in the way that you want and cool. i don't, uh, I don't this, say this a lot but oh hug yeah yeah <laughs> oh hug yeah uh th- so there is a th- this particular adventure uh one of the characters uh the character's name was paul kimball and part of Paul Kimball's backstory uh, was that he his tragic flaw is that he is perpetually exhausted because every character has a tragic flaw. Uh, and he is per- perpetually exhausted in part because his family dynamic is very bad. His wife uh, was way cooler than him and resents him for always being exhausted. And it's a constant strain on the relationship. Uh, and then his son Pippin uh, just doesn't like Paul was trying to push him towards stereotypically masculine stuff. And Pippin could not care less. He just wants to sing and also loves animals <laughs> and there was a confrontation that was occurring between Paul his wife Sandra and their son Pippin as well as the rest the rest of the party was also there and partway through Pippin and Sandra started to transform into giant bugs 
Uh, and it seemed like throughout this whole conversation up until this point, no matter what Paul did or said, it was just falling so flat. He couldn't get any traction with these people. And as his wife started to transform and she grew wings and a stinger uh, and rose oh. up into the air, uh, I have to give a shout out uh, to Zach, who was playing Paul, who, seeing that his wife was transforming into a giant insect, yelled out, I always knew you were a wasp uh, before attacking. <laughs> Uh, that was one of my favorite lines from that yeah. whole thing. That's good. Uh, yeah. That's Shout good. out to Zach. Uh, Paul Kimball was a great character. And that was a really fun. We did two mm-hmm. sessions of that. It was a really, really fun pair of sessions. Um, that's my tale from the table. I've, yes, I've yeah. got, you, I've got two things I can think of. Can I tell them both? Of course. Sure. Can I say yes, them both, please? please? Yes, of course you can. Dude, well, may I please <laughs> say both on my table? I did. Um, <laughs> You may. So the first one I can think of uh, is that recently, so like I said, we just ended our first campaign about four years Mm -hmm. long. We just started our new one, uh, Root Tales of Magic, Weird Times in Piss Harbor, shouting it out. Um, Because we got, um, but but we recorded our, you know, Branson lives in LA, the rest of us live in the New York area. And so he flew back to sort of finish the campaign. And so we had one, and we'd been doing a bunch of this over Zoom, uh, and we recorded our... (laughs) our finale, the final episode of a four-year-long campaign um, in this uh, podcast studio. And this podcast studio that we rented out, and there was a producer there, you know, it's his studio, so he was there for every time. And um, no spoilers, but, like, my character was not interacting with other characters a lot. Um, Ooh, no spoilers, okay. but... The, uh, so it was, A, just sort of, like, a really emotional thing to be there with everyone in the room, and then also, if you can't tell, I'm a, I like to be involved. And so just being back, <laughs> you know, was a really emotional thing. But also we were wrapping up all of these things and <laughs> we were, we were very emotional. We hadn't seen each other in a while. And this guy is just <laughs> there. He's like watching us. Like it's the most intimate thing you can do to end a four year campaign. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and you know, it's like, it's not like we weren't polite or weren't talking to him. We, we were doing both of those things, but like, we couldn't lie that we were like, okay, we're all going to do this. We're all going to like, let's, let's yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah. And then we did it and we were so proud of it. And so we were celebrating at the same time and him being there for that, honestly, I found incredibly moving because as you all know, when you're there with each other, it's like this very, you know, group think place and having a really warm presence there who was just like, that was cool. I think I got what you guys were going for. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. That was um, that was something I thought of recently. But then the first time. So, like I said, I'm pretty new to this. And the first um, the very first game I ever GM'd was called Honey, he- Honey Heist. Um, oh, I don't know it. if you've yeah. played that before. It's like a one sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really fun. And I had never played it before. I'd never done anything before. I wrote, like a, I wrote a long f- uh, fable intro to make it happen. But I was like, mm. r- I didn't know what I was doing. It was very new. And I the part, of the, th- the part of the planning I did was like, oh, I'll just make all these cabins. And I'll fill every cabin with a bunch of different animals. And I better give them all a name. I better give all these animals a name um, in like eight. So I have all these lists of names and, and characters uh, that like, honestly, I had nothing. I assumed they would go to one of these and that would go somewhere else. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so the crew goes to one cabin. I do this like, you know, run this like this sort of like a catwalk, not catwalk. What's that? Like a model walk, like a. Um, a yeah, runway yeah. thing of like, yeah. it's this character, oh, yeah. this character. It's a caterpillar. Who's this? It's a moth. Who's this? It's a moth named this. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, did you do that? You made us roll a D6 to see which cabin did you go in? Did you do this for all of them? I was like, yeah, but that's not the point. Like, you got to do other stuff. And they're like, we go into every, sing- yeah. <laughs> every single cabin. Yeah. And it was. You got to find out who's hanging out in there. Yeah. It, for me, it was a real moment of like, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't want them to do this because I didn't have anything. I didn't know. I had, there was other stuff that I thought made sense, but them seeing me to be like, that's what you really want. Like, you're not even admitting it, but you want to just tell all the names of the animals you have. And I was like, oh, well, I have named. I have, okay, I have named 30 animals, and I, I will tell, and I guess I'll give each of them a different voice now. And actually, now that you think about it, I did that way they all relate to each other. Um, it, yeah. It was, a, it was a, um, they were very gracious. It was very, I, mm. I, uh, it was my first time and I was very, I was yeah. scared and it was on mic. So I was like, people are going to hate me. Um, oh, no. so it was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, uh, that's something I think about. Yeah. yeah. 
it sounds like it was a great moment of kind of like letting go because i feel like that's that's something that a lot of gms have to learn when they're first starting out no matter how much you like plan everything your players are going to divert and do what they want to do to have fun mm-hmm. and you've got to just go with that you've just, just got to go with the flow and let you know because it's it's going to be a good time for everyone including your players not just you oh yeah so and like you you yeah. and you can like read all about it or see how your friends talk about it see how other people talk about it but then you get in that moment yourself and like a different voice comes out of you even where you're like mm. i'm a i'm a voice guy i should be able to be in control right and it's oh no and now suddenly i i oh i have to be I have to be really specific, and I don't actually. I don't have the right word for. I guess the word I'm looking for is lower back. I guess I thought, <laughs> but for a second I wanted. I knew there was a different word for lower back. I was tr- okay. Sorry. We okay. You know, like all of that sort of s- scattering staccato back upon mm. itself. Oh, I thought I could just describe something, but instead I'm I'm giving you a different focal energy. That's all. That's all in your body too, and that suddenly like activates a different mm. um, feeling. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. I completely get that. I'm always kind of getting into my head and stuff when I'm like gymming. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's a it's a learning yes. course, you know? It's a, yeah. 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 No, this has been absolutely wonderful to chat with you, Tim. Thank you so much for, for coming and hanging out. It's been really yeah. fun. Yeah, thank you for having Thank me. you. This was, this was a blast. Honestly, I wish we could keep going. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> we should, you know what? It's been a while since we did, um, it's been a while since we did a, uh, a kickback. A kickback, yeah. yeah. We should do a kickback where we talk about uh, Bible stuff <laughs> and just whatever else. I'm yeah. down. I am down. I, I, Hell yeah. I just, I just read the uh, Zealot. Um, this is Ooh. by Raza Reza Aslan. It's the Life and Times of Jesus of Nazareth. It's like a, it's like a historical look at Jesus. Um, basically being like, if the only thing we really know about him is that he was born here and then died mm-hmm. from crucifixion by Rome at this time, what do we know from historical mm-hmm. context to fill in, fill in that stuff? And it's really interesting. And I just sort yeah. of like to geek out about those stories. Cause I think they are, I, I, I heard about them a lot growing up and mm-hmm. as an adult, there's just so much comedy in the Bible stories in ways mm-hmm. that I think are really, um, rich i think it's very rich yeah i completely agree um well uh with that <laughs> Jesus uh, thank, Christ. You, thank you i'm sorry i did this yeah <laughs> literally no, no i agree yeah. i agree uh stay tuned for the page come, come join the 3bh patreon and listen to an eventual kickback uh, yeah, i mean geeking out about stuff on the kick in a kickback is, is perfect this is the perfect yeah. thing for you and jeremy i'm very yeah honestly to, uh, to be yeah. honest uh tim i actually you were talking about uh you were asking us if like we read comics and i was thinking to myself no i basically i stopped reading superhero comics like 10 years ago more than 10 years ago because of uh um uh spider-man one more day mm. uh i was that was it for me uh like many other people i think that was that was, i was like all right I'm, I'm not gonna do this anymore there's a lot uh, of... and i actually recently talked about that on the patreon <laughs> i think for comics for sure but also a whole bunch of media you just need one feeling of you don't respect me <laughs> as a mm. as a someone who's mm-hmm. investing time yeah. and money to be like sure. and we all take a bit of that in media but i think there's always a moment of like this is one too far. I I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, and I've yeah. had that with comics. That's me and shows. For what shows? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, actually, this wasn't a, a specific one for me, but I, I immediately I think of like the fact that there was like um, a ship in Supernatural mm. that oh. um, wasn't co- confirmed until uh, right at the end. Like, they, one of them was like, "I love you," and then got sent to Super Hell, and that to me is like, "Are you for real?" Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. that's ex- the kind of thing that that happens to me a lot in media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that that I remember seeing that because I didn't really mm-hmm. I didn't really watch Supernatural, but I remember hearing Me about either. that. Me too. And yeah. like how it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just seemed like just a straight up middle finger to the fans. Yeah, for sure. That's that's exactly that. Every time I think of like lack of respect to, you know, the consumers of things and fans, I think of that moment. So good job, Supernatural. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. where can the folks find you, Tim? Well. You can find me on Instagram at I am King Bozo, which was like a project I had years ago and I should probably change it, but that's it's at I am King Bozo. That's me on Instagram. I am Tim Platt on Tumblr. I am at Timothy Platt on X for however long I, I choose to stay on there, which every day seems like a different uh I, I got a different uh feeling about that. Um I'm on mm-hmm. Blue Ski. <laughs> at um <laughs> at uh 
a Timothy Platt, perhaps? Um, Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and then you can hear me on Rude Tales of Magic, uh, which is on HeadGum, and then Oh These, Those Stars of Space, both produced by Bucket of Milk. Um, and also, I do a bunch of shows in New York all the time. I am recording uh, an hour of my stand-up in late February, so please come out to that and follow me, and I'll post about yeah. it all the dang time. Nice. Yes, go see it for us. If I was in New York, I would love that. Uh, that sounds like so much fun. That yeah, great. and where can yeah. they find Root Tales of Magic? And these, those, I just, re- I just completely, re- I just came in like, yeah. go like, yeah. hot, and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, these, those stars of space. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that, that, so Root Tales of Magic, uh, GM'd by Branson Reese. Oh, these, those stars of space, uh, GM'd by Joe Lepore. Um, and it's the same cast, and we also have guests on those as well. So, um, nice. yeah, please listen. Please engage. Yeah. Please. Listener, if I can ask you to do anything beyond listen, it would be to engage. <laughs> but that, mm. and I, but I'll tell you one thing: that's selfish. That's prioritizing my own <laughs> life. If any of this gets in the way of the way of what you want to do with your life, then I take it all back. You see, I like to make sure that my goals and my values interact healthily with with mm. those with um others. And you and you mm. listener, I consider you I consider you other. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Tim, oh no. I Tim, I see so much of myself in you. I feel like both of us would like dig a hole. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to keep digging cuz there's got to be Just keep on there digging. must be gold. <laughs> there must be gold. Yeah, it's right at the or bottom. A skeleton. Yeah, a diamond. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, or Still yeah, cool. you may just come out the other side of the planet, and then you can meet new friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liv, where can they find you? Oh, you could find me on various social platforms at Does Dark Magic or at Olivia Does Dark Magic. Um, uh, um, uh, hey, also, there's a Three Black Halflings website coming very Ooh. soon, so stay tuned for that. I'm yeah. making it at the moment, and it's going to be just a great hub of all things 3bh so check that half, out half out. hub the halfling hub hey hub hey uh so uh you can find me uh at jeremy cobb one that is cobb with two b's the number one on both twitter and blue sky you can find me at the Cobmeister on instagram uh and you can also uh find me on the show uh project marana on roll for it uh yeah. which is a, a really fun call of cthulhu uh series that i'm in yes uh, my character is at this point a complete wreck, uh, so it, it is going to be very interesting to see what happens for the rest of this series. Because my dude is my guy is in shambles. My guy, my oh, guy no. is in shambles. No, my guy, <laughs> my guy. Uh, you can uh, th- there's other w- places you can find me. You can find me uh, streaming video games. Uh, Twitch.tv/casualquestlive. Uh, on Twitch, I stream many times a week, and on Mondays, I actually stream with uh, Charlene Bayer and Kelly Wright. And uh, just I was about to say Justin because I call him Justin sometimes. Uh-huh. Justin, uh, Justin Mitlaner, uh, aka the Brunch Guild, whom you may know from the Three Week hey. Discord. Shar uh, and Kelly from Big Trouble in Little Manus, they're great. And Tabletop Titties, we stream uh, Co-op Baldur's Gate Three on Mondays. So uh, nice. come come say hi. Uh, Casual Quest Live. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. We have made so many inside jokes at this point that. It is scary whenever a new person joins because I'm. I mm-hmm. they are immediately scared away. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank what? you. This was fun, but no, I'm. Kidding. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but don't worry. If you if you just sit in the water, you acclimate to the temperature, and then it's wonderful. Uh, so that's anyway, a, find this show. That's such a generous way of saying that because I because I, I know what you mean. Where you're like, look, I could try to open it up for you, but. The temperature of this water, there's a culture here, you know? There's the right fish, (laughs) there's the right fish, there's the right bugs, there's the right uh, tertiary consumers, just, you'll, you'll like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just ask and we'll explain it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're confused about why everyone is talking about the pile or gagging for Gump, uh, mm-hmm. just ask why we're all gagging for Gump and we'll, we'll in between gags, we will explain to you. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, and before we head off as <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your gum. No, go for uh, it. <laughs> Don't cut my gump off. I'm so I sorry need that. Your gum. Uh, I just want to say also, g- you gagging for my gum. Please do not cut off my gump. I want people gagging for my gum. <laughs> Don't yuck my yum or yuck my gump. Um. <laughs> Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Papa, think that good. If you want to like 
help us keep the lights on you could always go over to patreon um patreon.com forward slash three black halflings uh that's us so you can give us money for this if you would like anyway thank you so much everyone uh, uh gagging so for halfling gum there you go gang of gum yeah. so long shire folks so long shire folk. bye thank you for having me you can say so long shire okay folk so long shire folk like yes yeah. That was a HeadGum Podcast.